with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR. One and all, welcome to Full Time here on this Monday evening, the 4th of September. How are we all doing? Did we enjoy the day? More importantly, the sun is shining out there. It has been a beautiful day. Did we enjoy the weekend? Lots of sport over the weekend. I know the sports team here were absolutely flat out with eight live games put out over the weekend. So well done to all of the sports team here for the coverage over the weekend. We are going to kick things off in a couple of minutes' time with KCLR analyst Mark Dowling. He's of course, the Kilkenny under-20 manager as well. We'll be hearing from Willie Quinlan later on about all things in Carlow football. We'll have a couple of pre-records from different managers from around the venues from the weekend. We'll announce the Electric Player of the Week that's back for September. Yes, it is indeed. You could be €100 Euro richer during the week, so keep an ear out for that. And as usual, the dinner's ready.ie. Contact, text and WhatsApp lines are available on 083 306 We would love to hear from you on this Monday evening but first of all it was all things Kilkenny hurling at the weekend with four live games in particular sent out over the airwaves live with ourselves here on KCLR and Mark Dowling was certainly part of that and he was keeping an eye on other proceedings as well Mark good evening good sir how are you on this lovely Monday evening how are you doing, Martin? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely great. Thank you. Um, it was a huge weekend, I suppose, for Kilkenny hurling fans. We are down to the penultimate weekend of games. There was table toppers, there was table movers, and there's lads that's still in relegation problems. So let's start off with the senior games, and we'll start with that Glenmore Grey Bally Callan match because Glenmore were flying high at the top of the table with a 100% record. Grey Bally Callan had different ideas at the weekend, and they won that game one. 18 to 15 points. First defeat for Glenmore. Yeah, first defeat for Glenmore. Look, I suppose teams coming back after the break as well. Um, you know, after getting a two-week break, uh, you're never sure how uh, you know how you come back. Maybe if you're if you're on a run, you'd nearly prefer to keep going. Maybe Glenmore might have preferred go another week uh, instead of getting the break. And you know, from looking at the matches, I felt teams have gone up a gear really uh, as they get closer to the championship and closer to the end of, of the league um, but Barry Callan yeah it's the second win for Barry Callan uh, you know look it's, you can never be sure with these things but but it probably takes them out of danger really uh, or at least it should do uh, four points and yes with a, with a crunch match to come against uh, Comer but yeah look it was a great win for them to get and uh, you know I know a few of their younger players put in big showings and uh, that's been a real feature for Barry Callan I think that they injection of, of, of some young players into the group has, has really given them a lift this season versus last season. Well they certainly come good in the last couple of games and talking about getting themselves safe as well, they were hovering around the foot of the table, they were just a place above Aaron's own and Aaron's own did play James Stevens at the weekend and maybe many would have thought that this might have been a bit further away in the scoreline than how close it actually ended up because James Stevens only winning by 3 points 24 points to 21 it does mean that Aaron Zone is still rooted at the bottom of that table and fair, facing into a relegation battle at the weekend did you expect the scoreline to be so tight? Um, i have been honest I probably did uh, you know I saw Comer against uh, Ballyhale that drew that match put a big score up I think it was 120 apiece uh, I was very impressed with them the other night in Muckley. Um You know, it was, t- it was a tit-for-tat match. They probably regretted missing a couple of goal chances. Now, in fairness, Gavin Koskin made, made great saves. There was one just before half-time. Conor Fogarty had got in, and, and Gavin made a great save. And again, 
probably a more difficult chances in the second half. Uh, but they were unlucky not to get a goal and they threatened the goal, maybe more so than the village threatened the goal. And I think a goal would have maybe seen them over the line, possibly. Uh, the village were very economical with their, with their shooting. You know, any time they seemed to attack, they seemed to get something out of it. Uh, but Comer had a lot of the play. And, you know, being better, I was disappointed, obviously. But Comer can take an awful lot of positives from it. And I think that was the general feeling around around the ground after Martin, that, that Comer had hurled really well, you know. And albeit, look, didn't get over the line. But uh, they hit 21 points, I think it was 24 to 21. Uh, big score, you know, if they put a goal or two on that, it's a colossal score, you know, and it's, it'll win you any match, really. But they can be confident going into the last one, definitely, with with that performance. Um, they're going to play in Barry Callan now, which, which is a crunch tie, obviously. Uh, they're more, more than likely going to end up in the bottom two spots. But, but there's no problem with that. If you're in good form going into the first round, um, you know, you're, you're 60 minutes away from from a win and obviously getting in then getting things moving and going into a quarter final of a championship and then you know the league results are very quickly forgotten so I'd have I'd have a lot of positivity around Comer to be quite honest I think they've been a little unlucky not to get more out of some of the matches and uh, who knows their look might change a little bit in that, in that sense coming, coming into the more crunch ties well, we know Ballyhale didn't have much luck with all of the absentees from the start of the year as well, and that's not going to start making excuses for them either. But I suppose, would one have thought that Ballyhale might be hovering around the relegation battle uh, at the start of the season? Because Bennis Bridge and themselves played the weekend, the bridge coming away with an impressive seven-point victory, 224 to 217 in this one, and leaves Ballyhale Shamrocks in fifth place with only three points from their four games played. We expecting this, Mark? Um, well, it's hard to know what to expect. Uh, look, I was expecting that that the bridge might, might bounce back all right after the the, the draw against the village, uh, and they did put in a big show. And um, look, Ballyhale, obviously, you know they're they're probably only back to with with the players they're going to get back. They're probably only getting there now, uh, getting to train as a group, a fully a full group, uh, probably only now. Look, I said it before, they they have well earned the right to uh, play the season whatever way they want. I'm, I'm sure they would have looked for it, would have been keen to get their win uh, yesterday, but they won't panic. Uh, they have too much experience there. They know they know how to win championships. They know how to win crunch matches. Um, and like the gas thing is, look, they're, they have three points on the board. If they can win their last match against the Village, which again is a very uh, attractive fixture, if they can win that, they'll jump into probably jump into third or fourth place, you know. So uh, all of a sudden, they, they, they jump up the table. So they're likely to play a first round one way or the other. So regardless of whether they're third, fourth, fifth or sixth, they'll be, they'll be setting themselves for a first round. But look, I know from experience myself uh, directly that, that they, uh, they can come very strong when they come through a first round. I suppose the first round is something you can either embrace it or you can fear it when it comes to teams like some lads will embrace it and it might give them a sport on that they need to do like one game and that's it your season could be over you could be facing into a relegation battle to get relegated back down to intermediate as well which can yeah. spur on fellas as well but I suppose let's move along to group B because Danes Ford are in a similar position to Aaron's own they played Tullerone at the weekend and Tullerone coming away with a 221 to 119 victory it leaves Tullerone sitting nicely in third place but like Aaron's own Danes Ford are rooted at the bottom of Group B Yeah but I look I tell you Martin Danes Ford put in a huge performance like I was really impressed by them uh, they led for, for big periods of that match Tullerone were finding it hard to get momentum and, and, and find their rhythm 
they finally did, which was which is a testament to them, uh, and some of their big name forwards uh, clicked even for just for various plays during the match. They clicked and got fantastic scores, which kind of got them out of trouble and got them ahead of Danes Ford at a key point and got them over the line. Richie Hogan didn't play either, so he was a huge loss. Um, and look, I just think. The Sport are in a position, look, they're, they're going to be in the, in, in the bottom two. That's fine. They're going to be playing the first round. They know that already. They probably knew it before the weekend. And um, they'll be comfortable with that. They have to win, win, win that match and, and their season can open up for them. And I, again, kind of like Comer against the Village, they can take huge positivity. And I'm sure they will uh, after, the, after the fixture against Tullerone. Uh, for Tullerone, I mean... The top end of that group with the Borough and O'Loughlin's and themselves is going to be very interesting next weekend. Um, the Borough are obviously ahead uh, at the minute, but they play Tullerone. O'Loughlin's will play Danes Fort. And, and a win for O'Loughlin's, a win for Tullerone, it'll come down to score difference between the three now with this new rule. And I think, if I have my maths done correctly, um, Tullerone will be looking for a four-point or more win against the Borough, and that might see them into the top two. If I, I could be wrong on that, but I, I think I have it right there. So it's going to be very a very tight um, tussle at the top to see who gets those two top uh, spaces in that. And, and Olakens, to, to, to achieve that, Olakens will have to beat Danes Fort as well, who, who definitely on the back of last Saturday are, are, are on an upward trajectory, I'd say. Well, I was never quick at the maths, and I suppose that's why that the scoring difference are not coming up on the website anymore either. It used to be, but uh, Dixborough currently with 110 points for 73 against O'Loughlin's 95 for and 78 against, and Tullerone with 105 for and 76 against as well. So yeah, it is very tight there at the top, like you said. O'Loughlin's in that position because they had a good win over Clara at the weekend. 29 points, Mark, is unbelievable scoring in a game of hurling to Clara's 119. Now 119 was certainly win you a lot of matches as well but 29 points impressive stuff from the Gales yeah 119 would win you a lot of matches particularly in Kilkenny you know where it's so, it's so tight and so difficult to get scores uh, 29 points I think is a phenomenal score in um, in a senior uh, championship match in Kilkenny like, I don't, I'm not sure of many wides O'Loughlin said maybe they hadn't many uh, but I mean you'd, you'd have to imagine they had a few wides that's, that's a shot every, every, every second minute it's a score almost every second minute uh, you take into account the time it takes to puck out the ball and all that. You know the rate of scoring. It, it must have been the, the the umpires at either end must have been must have been tired and uh, worked hard putting up flags <laughs> for him. But 20, 29 points an awful lot when you break it down like that. You know I don't know how they goal chances. I didn't see that match, but if they did and you know they were able to take one or two, <laughs> yeah, you know it'd be extremely difficult to be two to one twenty nine two twenty nine. So I think if uh, a point scoring tally like that, if they can keep that going, they hit a big score against uh, Tullerone the first day. I think twenty five points or something like that. You know again, which was a huge score against a team like Tullerone. So. Uh, they'll be very pleased with it, uh, and yeah, they're going into that match against Saints Fort in good form. And uh, I suppose you know they're they're looking at bigger things down the road too. Talking about good form, your own club out in Dixborough, they are certainly going well, top of the table with four wins from four matches, sitting nicely there after a four-point victory against Mullinvat at the weekend, two ten to one nineteen. Uh, I suppose they're only one of uh, the senior teams to actually keep that one hundred percent record after the weekend, but certainly going well for the Borough men so far. Yeah, I know they've been going really well in fairness to the lads. Um and you know Mullinavas, uh, that was a huge challenge the other day. And look, I I, I, I don't want to take away from Mullinavas in saying that you know they 
pose a very physical uh, challenge to them because they have so much else uh, other than that. Yeah, they are a physical side and they use it very well, but they have some fantastic players. Uh, they were short of Oshin Knox, which I thought was a loss. But John Welsh returned and, you know, he's, he's just a classy forward and he got some fantastic scores. Um, you know, they had big performances in the backs there. Tom Elwood was outstanding, I thought, at full-back. And um, Michael Malone, as usual, was, was, was very uh, standout on the half-back line. But, look, Mullinavat, the funny thing about it is Mullinavat maybe could have lost by a couple more points, but he could easily have won the match, you know. So it was, it was right in the balance up to the last couple of minutes. Aaron Murphy came on, got a couple of really good scores. Uh, that just kind of took the borough out of that danger area. They were, I think, two points up at the time, uh, and Mullivat were pressing hard for for a win. So it was a really, it was an entertaining match. The two teams, there was nothing between them really. So look, Vicksburg came out on the right side of it, and we'll be pleased with that. But again, Mullivat will be very happy with their performance, and if they can keep going like that, and I saw them earlier in the year, I think they've come on a bit. So you know, after the two week break, they seem to have come back in really good form. Uh, they can go another step now the next day. Um, I think they have Clara, which is going to be a crunch match as well. Uh, and, and, you know, but they'll be, again, like I mentioned, the Lachlan's there, they'll be looking for things bigger, uh, bigger things down the line as well. You know, I said it earlier, I think it's, it's that group's time to deliver now. If they can get everyone fit, everyone on the pitch, I think they have a good shot, a shot at doing something in the championship. Well, we certainly look forward to the weekend's games. Right, Mark is going to stay with me for the time being. I have a quick break to take. And when we come back, we're going to be discussing the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai intermediate matches. So if you want to hear what Mark thinks about that, don't go anywhere because we'll be back in a jiffy. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, LaHartzVolkswagen.ie. Your Monday night sports show, full time on KCL or with Martin Quilty. Yeah, welcome back to Full Time. I did say we'd be back in a jiffy and we certainly are back in a jiffy and it's time to move along to the intermediate group like we did say because Mark Dowling is still joining me on the phone line to discuss that. And Mark, in Group A of the intermediate, Liz Dowling maintaining a 100% record, four wins from four out of this. But I suppose when you look at it, there was wins for Liz Dowling, there was wins for St. Martin. They had a very good two-point win over Young Ireland's 17 points to 15. But I suppose when you look at it, the game of that weekend had to be Fenians versus Conaghy Shamrocks Conaghy just about coming out on top 2.21 to 3.13 that was certainly a cracker yeah it was and, and you know both of them were, were really um, I think that was Conaghy's uh, first win uh, and and they really were looking for, for to, to get off the board uh, they put themselves in a good position now um, for next week I think to play Moonkind uh, but I think I think Conaghy had a good lead at, in, at times in that match and, and Johnstown uh, pulled him back you know so uh, they're both there's three of them actually on two points at the bottom of Group A they're Gorn uh, Johnstown and Conaghy I, I, I actually saw the, the, the St. Martin's Gorn match and you know again it was geez, it was a cracking match it was nothing between them it was just score for score uh, end to end uh, and then it had a, a, a entertaining finish where where, where um, Gorn got a, a goal that was disallowed for a throw ball, a throw pass uh, into injury time that would have given a one point win. So uh, Saint Martin's held on for a two point uh, a two point win, uh, but a cracking match. And you know they've they've done well now. They've gone into second place in that group. Gorn, uh, Johnson, and and Connie all looking for for wins next weekend. It's a big weekend for the three of them. They're all on two points, so it'll those those. 
three teams will will determine their fate uh, as to who, which of the two of them end up in the bottom the bottom two spots next weekend. Yeah, I suppose when you look at it, it's very tight there with the four teams. You put Munkine into the mix there as well. They're on four points and the three other teams, like you did say, on two points each. St. Martins and Lisdowney up at the top. St. Martins with six and Lisdowney with eight points. So there's still a lot to be played for there in terms of places and positions when it comes to where you're going to play in the knockout games in the championship. Uh, when we move along then to Group B, Thomastown like Lisdowney maintaining their 100% record. Another big win over the week end over John and Megan 316 to 113 they've made it four wins from four again the Roar Nestig having a good win over O'Loughlin Gales that's their second defeat in a row and Blacksham Heights and Carrick Shock Blacksham Heights coming out on this one on top 418 to 314 I tell you the referee was busy writing down scores in that one yeah absolutely it seemed to be a great game uh, and a big win for Blacksham Heights you know uh, they put themselves in a great position now. They're four points, you know. They're, they're, they have uh, the roar, I think, next weekend. So you know they're in a really good uh, position to maybe even go up into the top two, uh, you know, because again it's tight around the middle there. Uh, O'Loughlin's are probably going to be in the bottom two at this stage, uh, and Carrick Shock have a huge game now against Thomastown, which they'll be up against. But obviously, look well capable of of of, uh, of the upsetting Thomastown because uh, they are flying at the minute. Thomastown they look so strong, like Liz Downey and the other group uh, putting up big scores as well uh, but but that the bottom of that group there's a lot to play for there with blacks and whites possibly going from third spot they could get on, into, into uh, second spot and obviously Carrick Shock could jump out of any danger there and, and, and go into the middle of the group so yeah there's some massive matches there uh, next weekend but I think the pick of them will be on that side Carrick Shock and Thomastown because Carrick Shock you know, really have to have to look for a big performance and try and get something out of the Thomaston match. Well, again, lots to be played for there with, as we said, O'Loughlin's at the foot of the table, Carrick Shock coming next on two points, and then it's all very tight between Blacksham Heights, the Roar, and Dunhamagan with just two points separating the three teams there in second third and fourth spot. But like Mark has said, Blacksham Heights getting to that four point mark, which could be elusive and very vital to them for staying in the intermediate grade for next year Mark I suppose the Hurling Podcast with our own Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling is now live you can listen into it uh, wherever you get your podcast from it's also available through scoreline.ie but I suppose the, the two boys had a debate and it was going on on uh, Scoreline as well yesterday with Shane and Robbie and this is all around the development squads and whether they have worked or whether they haven't worked and you know putting Michael Fenley in now as the the lead role with bringing the developments forward I suppose you were getting these players from we'll say the likes of as it was under 17 then the minors the old minors up to the the under 20 for the old under 21 and that where's your take on uh, this debate I mean do you think that the development squads have worked over the last number of years and maybe other teams have come to the fore and maybe they're bypassing Kilkenny a little bit now with what they're doing at the squads what's your take on it all? Uh, well, I think it's it's probably too easy to come out with the comments, and people do come out with it regularly that the development squads aren't working at all. It's, they're kind of throwaway comments, uh, and they tend to be from people maybe who who maybe don't understand exactly what's going on in there. Uh, I would say about Michael Fenley's appointment, I think it's a fantastic appointment. I'm dealing with Michael a bit there uh, with the under twenty side of things, and he's a breath of fresh air. But but like he needs time to to put his his his. Uh, 
his handprints on things and 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 make a, put an influence on it. And uh, you know, people have to give him time. I I think probably if I'm being honest, too much is made of what's happening in other counties. Of course, there's things we could probably do better uh, in the development squads. I'm sure there's other counties probably look at ours and say there's things we're doing that you know that are, are really good and, and they could maybe t- take a leaf out of our books. I think the important thing with, with the development squads, Martin, if I'm being honest, is that you know that you keep reviewing what's what's going on. You get the best people in yep. to coach to coach the the young lads. You try and get as much contact time as possible with them without upsetting clubs because clubs deserve to have their players and and be able to uh, prepare for club matches and club championships. So he's just trying to find that balance uh, of working with the clubs and yet getting as much contact time as possible uh, to to implement effective change with with the groups and and get on an upward an upward curve. Uh, and I think, look, you know, it's like anything, you're tweaking the whole time, you're trying to put improvements in place the whole time, you're reviewing things the whole time. And I think that's what Michael and, and Pat O'Flynn, the lads, will do. And I know myself that they've put in a huge effort this year, but, but Pat's only into the job, Michael's only into the job, I think they need to be given time. They will get it right, uh, you know, and uh, but they need to be given time. And I think it's positivity is required across the board with all these things rather than negativity. And I think there's plenty being done right, to answer your question, with the development squads. There's things that can improve, but the lads will identify that over time. And I think that's the key thing, over time. And, and um, yeah, I'd be, very, I'd be very confident that anything that we need to, to change will uh, will be changed for, for you know to, to improve things if, if 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 that's what's required and there's there's plenty of things being done really well so i think the key thing is getting the right people involved uh, not an easy thing either uh, you know there's a lot of demands on people at the minute uh, in their own personal lives so you know trying to get the right people in can be difficult but 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 the lads need to be given time and and i i have full confidence in 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 them um, Putting putting things, uh, what would you say? Getting putting best best practice in place and 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 making sure that everything is being done to the highest of standards. I'm going to finish on this because I know you're in Palmerstown there at the minute, waiting for the Camogie game between Dixborough and Young Ireland, which will be kicking off there very shortly. And we'll let oh, you man, go. I'm actually out in Callan. Oh, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the actual senior one you were going to. Um, but no, I suppose we <laughs> we did hear uh, a comment at the weekend, and I'm going to finish on this as well. And you did mention the clubs and about getting players back into the club and working around them as well. I mean, when you look at development, development in technical terms is supposed to bring on players and I suppose make them better when they're going back into their clubs. Is the development squads now, and I suppose I've heard it being called that they're now elite academies because you're looking for your best players in the clubs. Is that the way that we're going down the road that we're looking for the best players to come into it and instead of calling them development squads, we're now in the world of elite academies? Well, look, I suppose... You know, you have to have some form of a development squad. You can call it a development squad or call it an elite academy. They, you know, they, okay, they're different names, but they, 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 they amount to the same thing in effect. I think, I think, you know, the, the key thing is youngsters like both be it in Camogie or, or Hurling, they come at different times. So you might have a very strong under 14 who may not end up playing minor Hurling at all. Uh, and vice versa, you might have someone who's who's maybe just not quite getting there at under fourteen or under sixteen, and over the space of a year or two can can uh, can really blossom in that. I think the the key is just to make sure that you know you're getting as many people in. You're not you're not closing it off. You're leaving the door open for for people to come and go uh, in that regard. Uh, for late developers as well, like just, there's fantastic examples all over the country uh, of of guys who develop late and and became outstanding players. So I mean, you know, writing off someone early 
and and kind of boxing off a group to work with uh, is 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 fine. But once once you know the door is left open for people who who develop and 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 others who maybe who fall away to some degree. Uh, but look, yeah, I mean, I. If I was picking a term, I prefer development squad as opposed to elite academy because I don't think any player is elite at that age. You know, uh, I think you know you're elite when you're playing senior level, and I think up to that, uh, you're you're developing. Mark, thanks a million. I know I put you on the spot on that one there, but it's always good to oh, get no the, the yeah. other side from the debate as well. But I let you get to the Camogie match. Enjoy it as always. Thanks for joining me on Full Time, and we look forward to hearing from you next week when we know who's going to be in those relegation battles. Great, Martin. Thanks a million. Perfect. That was Mark Dowling there having a chat to us, of course, Kenny Under 20 manager and our own analyst here on KCLR as well. Right. I have another quick break to take. When we come back, we're going to hear from Bennis Bridge manager Tim Dooley's over uh, Bennis Bridge's fantastic victory over the Shamrocks at the weekend. So if you want to hear what Tim says, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Looking back over the weekend action, full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty. KCLOR. At the heart of local sports. Here with Bennett's Bridge manager Tim Dooley following a, a 224 to 217 win against Ballyhale Shamrocks in the heat of Thomastown. It's not a sentence we say very often, but we can say it today. Um, Tim, you must be very satisfied with the win and indeed the performance. Uh, yeah, it was smashing there. Good old win, great weather, great pitch. We're happy with the results, yeah. yeah. What most pleased you? I'm sure probably our work right there. We were we worked for the 50, 60 minutes or whatever else was added on. So I just felt we worked hard. Yeah. yeah. You went direct, and I can understand why because you have ball winners and guys who can get shots away, and it seemed to work today. Well, sure. Look, some days it works, some days it doesn't work today. So when the first one or two worked, we decided to stick with it. Your shooting from long range today and from tight angles far out the field was really impressive. Is that something you've worked on? Is that something that you just tell the lads, look, if it's on, go for it? What, how did you kind of come to that point? Well, sure, up until today we've had 10 points scored, 14 points, so our shooting wasn't great up until today, but I suppose when it hits, it hits, and it went well enough there today. And of course, uh, Liam Blanchfield was back in the squad, yeah, that was a big yeah. boost, and he started as well and played well. Yeah, in fairness, he came back, and uh, when you come that far, you have to start him. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a big boost, I'm sure, to get him back at this time uh, as well. Yeah, no, he's a good man, a good club man, and uh, we contacted him, and he said he'd come back, so it was a good boost this time. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Um, another game to go, you're in a good position going into it. Yeah, I think we're... We, well, we have five points, but I, didn't, I don't know how well the table is working now, but to look try and win them all and see how it goes then. But today is a, a big boost to beat the All-Ireland Champions. That's, that kind of maybe gives you something more than just two league points. Well, sure, it would be very hard going into the last game with, with a defeat today and maybe a big defeat against Ballyhill, which is what they can do. But no, we're very happy to come away with the win today. And finally, a big crowd followed you here today, a great spirit. That's good that everyone is behind this team. Yeah, no, the bridge crowd are good to follow, but I suppose as well as that, there was a lot of neutrals because there was the only match on 12 o'clock today, so, and the good weather as well, and the pitch was lovely, so, no, we'll, uh, we'll take it. And he scored a couple of goals as well, which is good. Now, we'll take that James Stevens game out of it because it was played in the monsoon. 
I don't think he'd scored many goals uh, up to today so it was good to get two is that something that, that that you were worried about is that something you were thinking about or is it a case of well so long as you win matches you don't care well sure as long as you win matches you don't care but uh, the other side of that matches goals win matches and you know every team likes to get goals and we were we weren't getting them but in fairness today we got a few okay. well done today yeah. thanks very much cheers thanks. no bother that was Tim Dooley there a man of few short words and I know because I have tried to interview him as well um, but a gentleman at the end of the day and always gives up his time as well to ourselves right it's time we switched our attention to the Michaeling Motors Hyundai Senior Football Championship in Carlow and that kicked off at the weekend and our own KCLR football analyst Willie Quinlan is joining me on the phone now evening Willie how are you? Evening Martin very good Good man yourself. Right, uh, let's start off. We kicked off with a live game, the first of our eight games over the weekend. Last Thursday evening, it was the meeting of Fenn and Mount Leinster Rangers. You were in Netwatch Cullen Park there with Brendan Hennessy. Mount Leinster Rangers coming away with the win in this one, 2-12 to 9 points. The scoreline would suggest there was a bit of a gap in this one. Is it true? Yeah, you'd have you'd have to say. I suppose a little bit of experience that Rangers have uh, playing at a senior level and Fenn are only up from intermediate. Fenna a little bit naive at the back. Um, most teams are dropping at least one or two, you know, uh, uh, defending in front of their full back line. They, they seem to go man to man, which led to Rangers having so much space in there. Uh, the first goal came from Eddie Bourne. It was a long ball in. He uh, got the ball, fisted across the square, and it was tucked away nicely. And the same, you know, near the end, Fearless Patrick went through two players onto his right foot. Uh, he's so much strength and balance and uh, poked the ball into the bottom corner. 2-12 to, to 9 points. Probably, you know, the scoreline does tell a lot. Um, it takes a while to bet into to senior football. The problem is most of the teams that come up intermediate to senior, they nearly go down the same year. We were asking them, uh, John Hickey, at the end of the game, if if he would, uh, you know, be encouraged by something we brought in. Like, if he came up intermediate, that you stayed there two years, that you didn't go straight down, just to give him a little bit of time. No, he did say no excuses. They can't look for excuses off the county board, and it is what it is. But um, you can see that little bit of experience that Rangers have, and I suppose the, the positive you know, outcome in the Ten Ryland match, because Ten Ryland would have been expected to beat Rangers in the first match after being in the county final last year. They ended up getting a draw, and Rangers could have won the match. So uh, they were hugely impressive again, and uh, 12 was good scoring, eight different scores, I think, if I'm not mistaken. It certainly was. We'll move on then to Friday night's game, and this was Tin Ryland that you've just forementioned there. They were up again Bagnallstown Gaze. This was, of course, in Netwatch Colin Park as well. Uh, what am I looking at to hear? The result was 13 points to Tin Ryland, 1 7 to Bagnallstown Gales. Yep, a three point win for Tin Ryland. Did they deserve the win? Uh, possibly at the end they did, but you'd have to say the first half, Bagnallstown, you know, really defended very well, got lots of men behind the ball hit them on the counter-attack and a great ball over the top uh, for, that led to a, to a goal for Bagnestown Gales just before half-time. Put, put them in the driving seat, really, and they went in a, po- a point ahead. Uh, but at half-time, you could see Tinryland changed their game in, in the second half and kind of pressed men forward. But you, you, you'd have to say they were very impressive in the second half with, with uh, putting 13 points on the, on the board. Um, looked back to... The fact that they changed their game and uh, went and pressed kickouts and turned over a lot of ball around the middle of the field got got men into the half. Paul Broderick again seven points. He was just outstanding. He got 
I think it could have been three frees and four from play, but any time he got it, didn't matter what distance it was, what range, he just popped it over the bar. And when you have someone, someone with that experience on the field, you can win any game. Yeah, you certainly can. We'll move along then nicely to the weekend's game of Era Og and Ratvilli. Always an entertaining game when these two teams meet, and it was Ratvilli coming out on top this time, sixteen points to fourteen. Were Era Og unlucky in this result, or did Ratvilli deserve the victory? Well, you'd have to say Era Og were in the driving seat up to twenty-five minutes. They were leading by four points, and in the space of four minutes coming up to halftime, Ratvilli notched on three points to go in a point down and I, I would have thought that Aerog deserved to win maybe three or four points ahead they were the better team they seemed to get the matchups uh, all right but in the second half uh, Rafili changed their goalkeeper brought in three outfield subs and the move that, that changed the match in my view was Brendan Murphy was in around the full forward in the, in the first half looked, it looked like he had an injury because he wasn't doing a huge amount of, of movement, came out to the middle in the second half and found himself in space four times and he popped up four great great uh, points, nearly one after the other. And that's, to me, what the, what the winning of the game was. Now, Aerog had three goal chances and didn't take any of them. And if they had got one, they probably would have uh, won the game. But I don't think deservedly so because I think Raffili were the better team. Moving along then to yesterday evening's game also from Netwatch Colin Park was the meeting of last year's county champions Palatine against Old Lachlan Palatine losing their first game I suppose there was a bit of pressure on them to try and put in a performance and see could they get a victory in this one or if not they were certainly going to be in the, the relegation struggles like a lot of the hurlers were in Kilkenny but Old Lachlan certainly put it up to them and they came away with an impressive win 213 to 14 points which means two losses on the spin for Palatine Yeah and the county champions and that's not what they would have wanted but I was talking to uh, a few of their selectors after the Palantine are missing nine players from the championship team that won the county final last year that's a huge amount for a club to absorb but in fairness this was an outstanding game just like the other games over the weekend they were great there was no 13-14 men behind the ball as soon as you got it you looked to drive forward when you got to the middle you, you drove it into the full forward line it was one on one the, the two Brambricks were outstanding for a Lachlan um, you'd have to say uh, Shane O'Neill the same for, for Pal- Palantine done really really well got lots of ball you know I- inside but at the end of the day it was 213 to, to 14 points uh, O'Loughlin actually missed another three goals they could have been outside at half time they could have been going in four goals to six points probably to six points and the game could have been gone in fairness to Raffili you know they stayed in it and stayed in it but just wasn't enough O'Loughlin had runners from everywhere Aaron Ammon finished off with a great goal and uh, O'Loughlin definitely deserved to be the winners in 213 to 14 points. Willie, I suppose when you look at the table, and in Group 1 in particular, we went through the results there already, but Mount Leinster Rangers and Tin Ryland, uh, two games played, they have a win and a draw each, three points each at the top of the table. Bagnall Sound Gales coming in third place, and Fenna then down at the bottom of the table. Whereas in Group 2 then, you're going to have, as soon as it comes up here, a Ratvilli is on top with four points, Aira Og two points, O'Loughlin two points, and Palatine with no score. I suppose when you look at it then, for the matches that's coming up as the weekend, what does that mean then in terms of teams going forward to the knockout stages? Well, you're looking at you're looking at Raffili, certainly. Look, they look like they're heading towards the, the semi-final because Airog have two. And if they if they beat Palantine, they have four. But the head-to-head will put Raffili, uh, because Raffili beat them, will put them to the semi-final, Airog to the quarters. 
you know, it's it's going to be very interesting. Rafili probably possibly don't need to win the game. They can play maybe rest a couple of players for the for the for the their plan O'Loughlin for the future. If O'Loughlin turned them over, and Pal or Aerog lose, either one of them are going out of the championship. So you know, you're st- talking about your favourites on paper at the start, which is Aerog, seem to be all all the time. But Palantine are county champions last year, so one one of the big teams are certainly heading out of the championship. In the other group, you're looking at. Rangers in Tin Ryland, uh, possibly, uh, possibly to go through. Tin Ryland will play. Uh, Tin Ryland will play next weekend. Is it Fenna? And Aero or Bagnestown will play Mount Leinster Rangers. So that's that's going to tell a story. That's that's a real tight one because the two teams at the top have three points. Bagnestown have two, but Fenna have none. So Fenna really struggling in that group. Um, Tin Ryland, you'd have to say, be favourites to, to beat Fenna maybe uh, next weekend, and that would put them down into relegation. So the other three were depending on the the top top of the table, which would go to the to semis, and the other two go to a quarter final. Okay, so the winners of each of the groups then will go through to the semi finals. Uh, so they get the bye to the semi finals, and teams two and three yeah, then yeah. will play off again one another. I'm assuming there's a crossover then. So whoever is second in Group One will play third in Group Two, and vice versa. Usually happened. Yeah, the top two go to a, a semi final, and they get a week off, and they wait for both quarterfinals to be played so one will play two in the other group and vice versa so I mean some there's still lots of football to be played there's no there's no one going out of the championship you know at the minute but Pal in big danger of going out they really need a big performance next weekend against their rogue and I suppose Fennett to stay in it they need to beat Tin Ryland yeah, and we did hear from uh, Pat O'Flynn as well over the weekend. We're going to hear from him again shortly about that because he was saying that next week is real. The next game, I should say, the next weekend is really a relegation battle because if you lose that, you're certainly going to be in trouble and fighting for to stay in the division. Willie, thanks as always for reviewing all of the matches at the weekend. No doubt, as you do say, plenty of football still to come over the weekend. We're certainly going to enjoy it. No doubt there'll be a few matches live over the weekend as well. They haven't been confirmed with ourselves here yet but as we always say keep an eye on all of the social medias and in particular on scoreline.ie and all of those details will be up during the week as well but for taking the time out on this Monday and for joining me on Scoreline thanks a million we'll chat to you again next Monday please God Lovely, thanks Martin, thank you Good man, that was Willie Quinlan they are having a chat with ourselves about the football and how things are going there in the Senior Football Championship in Carlo Right, just before I got Willie on because I was conscious of the time with him because I know he had another appointment there earlier on as well I did skip through the junior hurling uh, fixtures in Kilkenny so I'm going to go back and just give the results of those so in the JJ Kavanagh and Sons Junior Hurling League in Group A it was Piltown 117, Greg Namana. 20 points a draw and it was an absolutely fantastic game of hurling I have to say played in glorious sunshine out in Callan over the weekend uh, Tullahar Ross Birkin had a good win over Clunine 428 to 47 while St Lactons of Freshford had an easy win 321 to 13 points over St Patrick's in Group B Sleeveroo was 18 points Wine Gap 416 that was a 10 point victory for Wine Gap Barrow Rangers beat Galmoy 219 to 19 points while Emeralds had an easy victory over 
over John Locke's 418 to 15 points. And in Group C, it was James Stevens 220, Aaron's own 8 points, Liz Downey 18 points, the Roar in the Sea 12 points, Thomastown 11 points, and Dixborough 3 goals and 24 points in that one. But that is the group of the second teams, obviously, because there is other teams in senior and intermediate. But all of those details are available on scoreline.ie if you want to go in and see how things are standing at the minute after all of the rounds in the Hurling League, both senior, intermediate and the junior, and you'll find all of the details there. Right, I have another quick ad break to take before I take the ad break, actually, though. I'll tell you what we'll do is we'll hear from Palatine manager Pat O'Flynn after his second loss of the senior football campaign. And here's what Pado had to say to ourselves on KCLR after the match last night. Paddo, that was a tough night at the office. Um, O'Loughlin getting out with the win. So now, backs to the wall for next week and on you go and try and go again. Yeah, yeah. look, it's championship football next week. Uh, loser loser goes home as such and is in the relegation final. Uh, I know people at the start of the year thought I was, um, you know playing platitudes or whatever but like uh, the Carlo Football Championship there's there's seven teams there seven or eight teams can win the championship you know um, you know, and for on your game of a given night you get bet and simple as that and in fairness you know we'd like to think there's a lot more in us uh, first half performance you know we, we didn't play well enough and second half we played a bit better but you know the damage was done in the first half and look that's you know that's life that's football so it is The goals really make the difference they got two one in the first half one in the second in fairness to you you mightn't have played as well as Pal Norman can play but you had a few crucial wides at a great time in the game when you narrowed the margin down I think we're back to within a point Yeah I actually think we we, we had a goal chance there with about yeah. 12 or 13 to go unfortunately we didn't um we didn't we didn't uh, convert it uh, you know a ball went down they got a point off it you know we did a number of chances to get scores like the good thing is we created an awful lot of chances but we just didn't execute in the night and unfortunately when you don't do that that's the night you don't turn up and get the, the victory and you know that's what happened tonight yeah, they finished with a good return so it's hard to beat that ending up around the 16, 17, 18, 19 yeah. points and they had that yeah 18 points you know is, is probably the magic number winning Carlo and look we, we just didn't hit it tonight and in fairness that's you know, that's why we, we didn't win the match in fairness OK I know I've seen you having a team talk with your backroom team there Pado it's next week so people will be doing their maths and saying what do Pal have to do now this that and the other so realistically you have to win your last match yeah look we, we, we need to be there Rogan, our last match um, you know and then you know if, well first of all Brendan we need to turn up and perform that's that's first thing for 60 minutes uh, that's the first thing and you know I'm sure Airog and Rafili played an unbelievable match here last night it was some game of football and we know what's facing us um, you know on Saturday or on Saturday or Sunday so look that's that's where it is OK well listen thanks for having a word tonight and we look forward to seeing you next week and the best of luck to Palatine thanks very much Brendan. come on Pala, thank you Cheers. thanks for that full time on KCL or thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny lahardsvolkswagen.ie full time on KCL or your weekend sport in review with Martin Quilty Welcome back into the last part here of Full Time on this Monday evening. As the saying goes, time flies when you're having fun. Where does the time flies as it is approaching 5 to 7 on this Monday evening? Right, let's go down through the sports roundup in Camogie News. There's a full programme of games on in Kikenny this evening in the senior, intermediate and junior grades. They all kicked off at 6.30pm and the Come On Kind crew will have all of the details and review all of those games out tomorrow evening, so keep an eye out on 
that. In golf news, Lou Donald has picked a rookie and will give a debut to Ludwig Adberg, who is just four months into his professional career, along with Shane Lowry, Tommy Fleetwood, Nikolai Hogard, Justin Rose and Sepp Straka. They are the European captain's a captain's pick that he announced at a press conference this afternoon and he they will all join with the six automatic qualifiers, uh, including Rory McIlroy for this year's Ryder Cup campaign taking place at the end of the month. In soccer news, the Kilkenny and Carlow District League kicked off over the weekend. The big one in the KCLR scoreline.ie Division 1 League saw Tullero and AFC beat River Rangers four goals to one, while in the St. Canis' Credit Union Premier Division, there was a 4-2 win for Bridge United over Thomastown United A. And in Carlow, in the Auto Image Dacia 035 Division 1 game, Bridge United had a 5-2 victory over St. Patrick Boys, while in the o, did the Auto Image Dacia 035 Division 2 Cup, Burn Celtic lost out to Hanover Harps uh, 3-0. Carnew FC had a 3-1 win over Bolton Glass uh, Town, while in the Renault Vans 035 Division 3 Cup, Ballymurphy Celtic had a 4-2 win over St. Joseph's FC and Bagnallstown AFC was 2-0 winner, two nil winners, I should say, over Moon Celtic. Right, we did mention last week that it was the end of the Electric Player of the Week, but that's not the case because we are back again for the month of September with our Electric Player of the Week. And there was certainly plenty in contention for us, and we are going to announce who that is going to be in just one moment's time. So it's time to find out who is this week's Electric Player of the Week in association with the ID range of electric vehicles at Lahart's Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit lahart's.ie. Can we get a drum roll, please? This week's electric player, as we said, in connection with Lahart's is Sean Morrissey from Bennett's Bridge. Congratulations to Sean. He gets the honour this week following his Man of the Match performance for his display against Shamrocks of Ballyhale in yesterday's game. And you are to keep an eye on the KCLR socials after 7pm this evening for your chance to win a €100 Euro cash prize. And congratulations once again to Sean Morrissey, our Player of the Week. Right, Mr. Owen Carey is in the building. He is going to be here with full time bringing you all of the tunes from 7 o'clock until 10 o'clock this evening. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. And all of the post-match interviews can be found on Scoreline Extra up on the scoreline.ie website. You can also go to Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast from and you can put in Scoreline Extra and you will have all of the post-match interviews there. You can hear from Barry Hayes. You can hear from Pat Hoban. You can hear again from Tim Dooley. So I think there's 25 uh, interviews there in total that you'll be able to get. So if you want to hear all of the reaction from the football and the hurling games at the weekend, it's certainly time to tune into that and to download this scoreline extra podcast this week which is now available for you don't forget that tomorrow on the lunchtime show John Keane also has his wheel of fortunes the money is still going up on it so if you want to bring a bit of cash all you have to do is tune in tomorrow and guess 
the four tunes. Guess them correctly with the artist and the name of the song as well and you could be heading away with the money. As we said, there will be live sport with ourselves here on KCLR at the weekend. Check out all of the socials during the week to find out what is going to be in play and what games are going to be there because it is going to be a busy weekend of hurling and football action in both Kilkenny and in Carlo. But that is about it from myself this evening. I will be back again next Monday evening with a full time again. If you're out over the weekend, enjoy your sports. Enjoy the good weather. Hopefully it's going to last over the next weekend as well. But more importantly, stay safe and especially on our roads at this time of the year. And until next Monday, I'll chat to you then. Bye. Keeping you in the game and in the know. Full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty. It's approaching 7 o'clock and I nearly got a belt when I come in because I'm actually doing full time. It is Own Carey coming up with Fully Loaded from 7 o'clock until 10. So tune in because Own is on the way right after the news at 7. See you again.